I spent most of my adult life just avoiding looking at semen in any way, shape, or form. Welcome. We're back. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast from theballerlifestyle.com. I am your host, Brian Beckner. Very happy you are here joining us. Episode 42, which we all know. There's, no one's allowed to be number 42 anymore. Uh, Jackie Robinson was number 42, and that guy is just about the biggest baller there ever was, so there's a reason for that. Got some good e- emails this week. Remember, you know, I want to be interactive. I say this every week. Mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. We got some good how fucking old is this guy this week. One, we, we got two extremes of how fucking old is this guy. One guy who looks super old, and one guy that looks super young, but probably is old. So we'll, we'll do those in a little bit. Um, uh, today on the show, there, Dave Chappelle in his first HBO special, was a con- I think it was an HBO special, talks about how sometimes racism is so overt that you, you're not even sure. It's like so in your face, you're not even sure it's racist. And I think um, University of Central Florida coach, I don't even know if that's where he coaches, he I know he coached at Notre Dame for like a couple weeks until they fired him. George O'Leary, he did. He said some stuff that was so freaking racist, allegedly said some stuff that was so freaking racist that it's almost it's like I almost can't even compute the racism because it's just so in your face. And we're going to talk about that as if, if I've already confused you enough. Um, also, this, is, this might be the story of our time. This could be the, the moment – that we all come together as a society, that we really, really become a synchronized, homogenized nation, all with our minds focused on one thing. And of course, I'm talking about LeBron James' hairline. What the fuck is going on there? The guy was going bald, then he showed up a couple weeks ago miraculously with a full head of hair and training camp starts this week and he's bald again. I don't know what's going on. I don't, I don't even know how they do that. I'm supposed to be an expert on hair systems. That's my thing is noticing being aware of hair systemry. And I I don't know what's going on with LeBron James hair. So uh, we're definitely going to talk about that. Tumblr stud. Have you guys heard about this Tumblr stud? Also, like, why am I not? Here's two, here's two things. I don't understand what they are. And I want to be one. A, Vine Star. You ever hear that? Yeah, this guy's a Vine Star. Oh, you never haven't heard of him? He's a Vine Star. YouTube, uh, there's three. YouTube Sensation. Things I'm not that I want to be that, even though I don't know what they are. YouTube Sensation, number one. B, Vine Star. And three, this is one I've learned today. Tumblr Stud. Well, there's a Tumblr Stud who denies... Consuming his own ejaculate, or he might know. Wait, he admits to consuming his own ejaculate, but he says that doesn't make him gay. So, if that's not confusing enough, we'll sort that out later. Tumblr stud, uh, and then the drunk list. There, a, a study came out in the Washington Post or some newspaper. I think it was the Washington Post, the Journal, maybe. No, 
Washington Post, uh, that talks about the, how much alcohol Americans consume. And spoiler alert, if you want to be in even the top 10%, you got to start drinking a whole lot fucking more because people out there are drinking their asses off and you don't even realize it. If you're the biggest drunk you know, you're probably not in the top 10%. I'm telling you that much right now. Uh, so we'll definitely talk about that. Also, we're the sports show of record. That's known. We're also the pop culture show of record. This is known. And as such... We're the interview show of record. Um, so today, special feature today, special special baller lifestyle interview with the writer. There's a movie coming out this week. It looks scary as shit. I know you've seen the commercials because they're everywhere. It's called Annabelle. It's about a scary ass doll. It's coming up on Halloween. It's Hall- it's horror movie season, and the big one this year is a movie called Annabelle. And I'm scared of it, and I'm gonna go see it. And we have the writer, the guy that wrote that movie. Gary Doberman joins us today. I recorded that a little bit earlier, and we will hear it later in the show. Um, how fucking old is this guy? We got a couple today that we're going to talk about. A couple I'm excited about. Well, one I'm excited about. One guy is so damn old, I just I can't guess a high enough number. Um, and then, of course, Fancy Pop. Kate will join us to – Fancy Sauce will join us to de- discuss whatever's happening in the world of pop culture, reality television, all that kind of stuff that she brings to the show. We will be discussing later. Okay. All that said, show set up. Here's what's happening. You guys have your list of topics. Joining me now, as always, co-host – Hoboken's finest sandwich guy that buys shitty beer for homeless people. Of course, I'm talking about Ed Daly. Ed, how are you, my friend? Uh, a little violated right now. Well, what's going well, on, I'm buddy? Fe- feeling a little violated. You know, I checked. I, it was a couple days ago. I checked Facebook, and it's just kind of put me in a funk oh, for nice. a few days. Did I get Did I get tagged in another gym post? No, 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 oh. no. no. This is way worse. Uh, somebody, I think it was a high school person, but it might have even been like an ex-co-worker. Somebody shared Dosh, uh, Dosh, Josh Duhamel's Facebook status on my timeline. Yes. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Like, just, just, I don't even know how to process that. Like, I mean, there's somebody who, one, is, is following that guy. Like, I mean. He's hunky. I, he's yeah, he's a good-looking dude. Yeah, he's tall. I can't think he was in like a, a Las Vegas show or so, something like that. Was um, he in Starship Troopers? I picture him being in Starship Troopers. Seems like the kind of hunky Starship Trooper kind of guy. He's hunky. Um, but like, I just it took me a long time. I was just trying to process like, what? Where does life lead you that all of a sudden you're you're just following that guy like it's not like that's you're true. following that's true you're following like uh, a profound thinker or somebody who's like really interesting and out there like all i know about this guy is is he married to fergie he's, that's that's his yes. thing he's married to fergie yeah and, he's, and he's handsome and he's handsome and like somebody's following that and it was like a pretty vanilla i can't say i disagreed with it but it was like a pretty vanilla <laughs> like something like it was something to the extent that like i think it's about time you know, gay or straight, people should get a, be right, allowed to right. be married. And it was like, uh, all right, like, yeah. uh, okay, <laughs> thanks, Josh. Thanks for thanks for really, you know, having a different opinion than every person in your demographic. Like, what? What? <laughs> and I just it it just made me do so much thinking, and yes. not in the way like, wow, yeah. he's he's up to something. It's like, well, 
who who's following this guy? And then who felt like they couldn't put this into words themselves that they had to just share what Josh Duhamel is saying? Well, Josh Duhamel probably has like two million Facebook fans at least. Yeah, yeah, and I prided myself going into the day as only knowing people who weren't one of his followers. So now apparently there's like a, a degree of separation between me and Josh Duhamel's thoughts. Yeah, one degree. You have you have Josh Duhamel's thoughts in your brain and I like that can't hurt. It's just weird. It, it was yeah. it just kind of put me into a, like a weird funk. Like I kept going back yeah. and like who who do I really know on this earth if I if I know people that are posting that on my timeline? What's it all mean? Yeah. And right. but hey, congrats to Josh for for having a real profound. Absolutely, I, I support Josh Duhamel, and I don't, I can't say that I've ever seen him in anything. Maybe I have. I don't know. Was he on the show Lost? I've never seen Lost. No, I think he was on like Las Vegas or Vegas, one of those kind of shows. With, with no, he's not old. James Con. There was a no oh, James Con. Right. Remember, it was like I don't know, yes. five years ago, ten years ago. Yes, that's what I know about. Like him. One of those Friday night type shows, right? I get it. Right. Okay, Ed. As we speak. As we go to air, um, or before we go to air, um, I see I have the TV on. The Royals lead the A's three to two. Yep. And I don't. It, I'll be honest. Like, obviously, sports show of record. We tell you what you need to know about sports. Mm-hmm. This wild card format is this the first year? Of this have they done this before? No, uh, I know. Like two years ago, the Orioles had to play the, the the one time they did make the playoffs. They had to play in the one game. Playoff so, against the Rangers. Oh, so this one game thing's been going on for a while. I think this might be the third year of it. See, I support the Dodgers, who we all know consistently win the division. So I have never had to worry about this one game playoff thing. And the Dodgers, of course, they won the division again this year. As did as did mine. Who my you, Orioles, who Orioles had the se- second best record. Great in season for the Orioles, obviously. But this one game playoff thing is bullshit. Like these A's, they. They won the wild card, and now they they have to go play a game against a team that didn't win the wild card. And if they lose, no. the team that didn't win the wild card gets in. No, no, no. I think I think the Royals had the better record. Did they? Yeah, I think th- that's why it's in Kansas City. All right, okay. Flip it around. These Royals, check and that. they haven't made the playoffs since they won the World Series right. in '85. Even better. Rewind. These Royals have the better record. They win the wild card, and these upstart little bitch A's who, I mean, I kind of like them. That's kind because they're scrappy. But they they lost like two thirds of their game. They had a huge lead, they, not a yeah, huge they lead, sucked but in the they had half. they had the best record in baseball for most of the season. Then the last third of the season, they basically lost every single game, and they still get to play to get into the playoffs. Nah. I don't like this bullshit, Ed. And what, how, when was someone going to tell me about this? This has been going on for years? I, well, I, I was happy enough. The, the Orioles were the, the number – I think they were the number one wild card two years ago, and they won the one-game playoff. So I, I wasn't bitter, but I was very prepared to be bitter if they lost that one game. Yeah, that's bullshit. Like, let's not – here's the thing. Like, other sports, you put all the teams in the playoffs. I don't care. Like, the season – doesn't matter. The regular season doesn't matter. But the but baseball, the season is a freaking marathon. There used to be just two leagues, American and National. And whoever got first place in those two leagues went to the goddamn World Series. And that's like, I understand it can't be that way anymore. But still, you work, you work this whole season 
to have to play one game and lose? I'm not yeah. into it. I'm not into it. It's one thing if you tie. I mean, I get the one game playoff if you tie. Right. Right. But one That's team true. was at least one game better than the other team. They should advance, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm conflicted because I do like more teams in playoffs. It adds yes. to some craziness. But, yeah, it does suck if you, you know, have, have the better record in all year and just one game sinks you. I agree. Yeah. But but our teams were real teams that just w- won their division, so they get a real series. Right. I do like – well, I am sort of annoyed. The Dodgers are going to play the St. Louis Cardinals, and I yeah. follow that um, best fan St. Louis Twitter account. Yeah. Which is basically just means the opposite of that. It just retweets of all the stupid things St. Louis Cardinals fans say. Yeah. And the the big thing today was who's going to win the Cy Young, Adam Wainwright or Clayton Kershaw? Clayton what Kershaw. Is that, is that a discussion? It's not like Clayton Kershaw had, had a transcendent season. People are talking about him winning the MVP. He's like one of the best pitching seasons that we've seen in decades, and they're they're not sure. Like the St. Louis fans aren't really sure. Is he going to win it? Because Wainwright had a pretty good year too. Right. Well, yeah. they're assholes, and Tony LaRusso was a real asshole with his eight-hour eight baseball games. Oh, yeah. He was the worst. Yeah. Well, I'm heading down to the Charm City for uh, game one against the Tigers on Thursday. Shut up. Can you, do, yeah, can you take buddy. a train? Like what's the distance between Jersey and Baltimore? I I could I think it's about three hours by train. It's a three hour three hour drive uh-huh. or train. Pretty much train and driving is pretty much the same time because the train and, stops so much. Yeah, I mean, even if it stops like three four times, it's enough. It just I don't know. It, it maybe takes a roundabout route, but it's not. Maybe it shaves off like fifteen minutes. Yes. Um, and I I'd rather take the train. But the pre- the prices I saw were insane. So I'm just driving down and staying at a hotel and getting up. First thing in the morning. Nice. That's awesome. That's a, that's yeah. you deserve that, Ed. I'm happy for you. Yeah, thank you. That's great. Thank you. Okay, let's talk sports. What's going on in sports? All right. In March, University of Central Florida defensive coordinator Paul Ferraro left the team after two months on the job due to quote personal reasons. On Friday, Ferraro uh, decided to sue UCF for breach of contract. Apparently, Ferraro wasn't a big fan of head coach George O'Leary's behavior. Ferraro charges that the blotchy coach who once had to step down from his brand new Notre Dame job for lying on his resume is also an incredibly weird racist. (laughs) Among the charges, O'Leary repeatedly called Ferraro a guinea. Oh, my God. I don't even know what that means. Does that mean he's Italian? Yeah. It also means he's from 1952. That's old school. Yeah. O'Leary also referred to the entire NFL as a Ruru tribe. I don't, is, I don't even know what that means. Which, which I saw in the notes or like the comment section. It's some sort of reference to an old joke about about big dick tribesmen. Oh, my God. And then O'Leary once advised coaches to check African-American players, quote, to make sure their gums are blue because – they are bigger, faster, and stronger than black players with red gums. Oh, holy <laughs> shit! Brian, tell me the truth. If you're starting a football team, what are the most ideal gums that you're looking for? I didn't, I didn't realize gums came in <laughs> colors. Yeah. I never... Mary, I, yeah. I thought gums were only for dentists, but apparently football coaches have right. some sort of... 
like I'd prefer not to see anyone's gums. Like, Never. If, if I yeah. if I had that's my the thing choice, that, that's the thing that drives me most crazy. And there are many things about Miley Cyrus. Oh, she's I so don't gummy. Like, she's real gummy, and I don't like seeing it. Super gummy, and she's always really like flashing her teeth and sticking her tongue out and stuff. Yeah. And she's so gro- really gross mouth. I feel like these days they can reduce your gum size too. I think they go in and they can like cut your jaw. Like not your jaw, but like a but like along the gum line, and they can take out some bone in there and stitch it back closed. Some something can be done. She should look but into like, that. Yeah, that would but help it's, her. It's really creepy, and, and like you said, it's just so overt with uh, George O'Leary. Like I don't even. What, how did this guy make it this far? Yeah, it's crazy because he obviously is not. It's like so racist. I don't even know what the words mean because I've never heard this kind of racism before. But he's obviously, like, very free and open with his racism. Like, how has it taken this long for the rest of us to find out about it? Because I don't feel like he was really hiding it ever. <laughs> you you can't be thrown around Guinea. Like, that means he's he's using – he's been using these things yes. for 50 years. Since they were, th- like, Ruru tribe. Do you think maybe it's that his – racism is so archaic his ra- racist terms are so old that no one understood what he meant they're like that's O'Leary's losing yeah, Ruru tribe he doesn't even his words don't even make sense yeah he's he's pretty gross to look at too he, very blotchy he yeah he i feel like he uh fancies a nip of, of whiskey here and there you think yeah. he's pretty red <laughs> Between references, it looks like right. I, well, I don't. I don't feel like we're gonna have to deal with him. Much has he been fired yet? I imagine he will be soon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought he was gone already, but apparently he's he's still kicking. But yeah, I I think we've heard the last of George O'Leary. Yeah, I think he'll be. If he's not gone already, he's he's gone this year. Yeah, definitely. Okay, what what else is going on in sports? Well, uh, as you brought up at the start. The past few months uh, after deciding to return to Cleveland, LeBron has made many appearances in public, and with each passing day, his hairline got more and more defined. Gone were the double-wide headbands and hats, and uh, the man with hundreds of millions of dollars apparently had found himself a new system. Then on Saturday, the Cleveland Plain Dealer posted a bunch of pictures of LeBron's first practice with the Cavs, that revealed a much different story. It appears the Ron Popeil GLH formula doesn't do well with sweat. <laughs> Brian, Brian, your thoughts on the needy superstars system problems. Okay, well, I was asked about this on the radio a couple weeks ago. And because I've, I'm a guy, I notice these kind of things. I notice a guy's hair. I notice when a guy has fake hair. I notice when a guy has plugs. It's kind of my thing. And LeBron, obviously, his hairline was retreating at a rapid rate. It's, you know, it happens. It happens to the best of us. And But I noticed that he had been wearing a hat a lot. Like, when he's not playing, he's usually wearing a hat, which is a yeah, lot. Yeah, even with, like, a, a sport jacket, he's wearing a hat. Well, yeah, no one's going to tell him not to. You think they're not going to let him in a restaurant with the hat? I mean, he can do whatever right. he wants. He can wear a hat whenever. And that's kind of like balding guys move. They just wear the hat. And obviously, he can't wear a hat on the field, but the rest of the time, he can wear a hat. So I didn't think much of it. Then he shows up at like a Nike event and he's got he's got a perfect Def- Yeah, defined. And I'm like, well the thing is the the when they do plugs, they take and this is what I said on the radio, you gotta look at the back of his head 
for definitive proof. Because to do the plugs, they got to take a healthy strip and harvest it from the back of your head. So they, it leaves a scar. They take a big chunk of hair from mm. the back of your head and they lay it out on a table and they individually transplant from that strip of skin the healthy follicles to the front. And but I was like, he's been wearing and a lot of times guys cover that up. So you see like a lot of actors have with like weird long greasy hair and you're like, what are they doing? Well what they're they're growing out their regular, their live Cage. hair. Yeah. Cage with the mullet. Exactly, thing. exactly. To cover up what's coming in the regrowth. So I'm like, well this this LeBron's been wearing a hat for a long time. Maybe, you know, he lined up some plugs and he was just waiting for him to come in. But then all of a sudden he shows up this week. And it's not, it's it's rapidly deteriorating. It's, he's bald again. Yeah, it's, and I, here's the thing about balding. And you know, full disclaimer: you and I have perfectly beautiful heads of hair. You have, and I mean, I don't want to go into Jason Stewart territory here and call you a backdoor <laughs> slider. I don't want to call you gorgeous, but you have a robust head of hair, my friend. Yeah, we got hair. Yeah, but here's the thing. Going bald is perfectly cool. Like, it's just something that happens. I mean, and, like, I don't – I think society, like, we're not in – we're not in the day, uh, the era of, like, comb-overs no. being acceptable. Like, it's cool. It just happens. And I get it's probably a bummer. But sure. at the same time, like, there are plenty of just successful guys, guys who do very well with women. Like, bald can just be a thing. Like, yeah, chicks, it's, it's, chicks are not bummed out by bald dudes. Yeah, like, bald that's, dudes that's think like they a, are. That's a thing of the past. And you get, like, there are plenty of men that have been very successful. I mean, for various things. I'm not saying they're, you know, it just could be anything. It From... Bruce Willis to Louis C.K. Like guys have gone bald, and like that hasn't affected them. Sure, Michael Jordan, bald. right? But when I see guys doing various measures, yes. they're they're fair game. Yes. That means they're a wounded bird, and like you know what? That shows me that a guy like LeBron is searching for something that I have. That's right. And he's he he desperately wants it. Oh, you, you've got something on him. What you're yeah, saying is yeah. he's got hundreds of millions of dollars. He's got and championship rings. He's got yachts and islands and private jets and marketing deals. He's got it looks like he's got the he's six feet eight. He's two hundred and forty pounds. He's like an Adonis. He's the best that's ever been. But you got something he doesn't have that he that's wants. That's right. That's right. Louis C.K. doesn't want what I he doesn't give a shit. No. But but guy like LeBron, you can see he's searching. He's doing all yes. kinds of measures, the big headbands. So because of that, yeah, fair game on the guy. And also because he's like you said, he's built like a brick shit house, yeah. and he hit he hits the more, floor more than Iverson ever did. That's true. And he whines and complains like so much flopping and whining. Like fuck that guy. He he got a cramp. Remember he got a cramp in the finals. Yeah. Poor guy. Cost him the game. Have a sip of water, Baldy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I said, well, I don't like, I, I definitely, I feel bad for guys that are really losing their hair like that, but because it is, it's such a personal thing. The rest of the world does not care if you're bald guys. Like no but one, that's it. no one looks at you and goes, Oh my God, that guy, can you believe that? That guy's fucking bald. That guy doesn't have hair. Like no one has ever said that. No, it's only, it's such a personal thing. It's only the guy, but I'm, what, what did he do? If it wasn't plugs, it must've been that spray on stuff, right? It was the Ron Popeil stuff, right? It, it was be. a perfect, it was a perfect, like really 
dark color. There was no evidence of like thin nope. hair anywhere. It was it was perfectly there for that Nike presentation. Yep. Yeah. And it was a perfect line. So they put a piece of that blue painter's tape across his forehead. Then they yeah. sprayed that stuff on and then they ripped off the piece of tape and it was like perfect. <laughs> yeah. In- so just an interesting ball- play though. Like he's like, I'm gonna be in public for this one day and I think I'll just have hair today. Right. He had to know he's gonna be out sweating in like a week or two. Yes, that's crazy to me. Uh yeah. well yeah. If you're going bald guys, it's cool. Nobody actually gives a shit. Uh, yeah, agreed. That's, you know, we're the sports show of record. We're the hairline show of record as well. Everybody knows that. And to, we're the real talk show of record. We we give advice here and we're telling you, take it from us. We know shit. Go bald is beautiful, guys. Go bald with dignity. We all respect you. Absolutely. Okay? We're, we're with you. Yeah, it's much better than trying to hold on to it. Uh, okay, Ed, Tumblr stud? No. <laughs> Am I ever going to be a Tumblr stud? I don't know. I I. I... I tried to be on Tumblr for like a week or two. I, I don't get it. Like I'm, it's a world. It's a world I, I don't choose to be. It's in. it's like websites, but they look all shitty. Yeah, it's people like you know sharing their thoughts. Um, Fancy Sauce has several Tumblrs. She doesn't maintain them very much, but I know her Tumblrs, and we we actually this is Fancy Sauce. I, for those of you that don't know, Fancy Sauce and I are in a relationship. A romantic relationship, a physical relationship. Special. Special. We sit on the same side of the booth. Um, Fancy Sauce and I met via the internet, and I think one of our first bonding moments was over one of her Tumblr pages. Her favorite Tumblr page of mine is um, Sexy Cats of Instagram. That's where she comments on people's pictures of their cats on Instagram and rates their sexiness, and then she takes a screenshot of it and posts it to her Tumblr. So you guys should check that out. Sexy cats of Instagram. That's the only <laughs> Tumblr page I like. But yeah, this guy on this guy who's apparently you can get famous not taking pictures of sexy cats. You can get famous taking pictures of yourself and putting them on Tumblr. And that's what this guy Michael Hoffman did. Um, and I'll just read you from the Gawker story. Selfie taker Michael Hoffman has the ripped physique and boyish good looks of someone who'd tag Instagram, Instagram posts, hashtag Instagay, except, all caps, he isn't gay. He declared as much in a YouTube response <laughs> to a recent rash of, quote, leaked videos of him masturbating. I just want to quote, I just want to say, I know there are videos going around of me. I understand, but does he? He tells us from his car, but I wanted to say a few things. One, I'm not gay. Those videos I can understand make me look that way. And I respect gay people completely, but I'm not gay. I'm straight. The point is in the videos, Ed, the video I caught, I, for the purposes of the show, I went and sort of had a look at the videos in question where uh-huh. he does, in fact, taste his own ejaculate. Oh, no. And I have to be honest, that's I'm not an expert. That seems a little gay to me. <laughs> I don't want to judge this guy. Ed, where do you come out on this Tumblr studs hetero or homosexuality? <laughs> if you're described 
as a selfie taker, you're gay. <laughs> yes, yes. That's ju- that's just science. Yes. That's science right there. <laughs> hashtag but, science. Yeah, hashtag science. Yes. But my 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 take is I saw the I saw the the headline. Uh, I I I've spent mo- I've spent most of my adult life just avoiding looking at semen in any way, shape, or form. That's right. You know, it, yes. I I when I watch porn, I don't I don't I do not look for the money shot. I ne- I do not, I, I don't want to be anywhere near. I don't even want to see the cock and balls. I'm I I, I like I like just avoiding that part altogether. I don't like the blowjob part at the beginning. It bums oh, me out because well, usually they well, have these weird. Have, they usually have that weird undercarriage angle, and it's creepy. You have your own. You're seeing the guy's asshole. That's a little much. Okay, go on, continue. But uh, but. I, I don't I don't want to see semen I don't I don't want I don't want to see uh, anybody's ejaculate and I also know that no heterosexual man is even curious about tasting it. That's 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 I, definitely true. I don't have the same like I understand I you know when I watch pornography I occasionally watch pornography I'm you know I'm not afraid to admit that. And I understand that it's sort of a necessary evil. I never make it typically to the point of the video where the ejaculation occurs. I'm really – I'm not particularly interested in that part. And um, yeah, I got to agree. I've never I, – I have to doubt this guy. Even if you check the videos, Ed, and I'm sure you will. Um, I did for the purposes of the show. Like he's, he's definitely, he's definitely doing gay stuff. I mean, he's by himself. He's doing gay stuff. He's, I almost had to turn him off because the dude's got a huge hog, which just made me feel terrible about myself. Um, but yeah, he's doing, it's like somebody has to be holding the camera and I don't think it's a chick. And so therefore that's pretty gay in it, in and of itself, uh, before he consumes, before he has a jack shake, <laughs> a protein shake, a pro- protein shake. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I can't believe we talked about that. Uh, okay, you ready? Well, uh, I, I guess the jury's still out on Tumblr stud. We'll, we'll, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hash, as you said, hashtag science. I just want to be called a Tumblr stud. I want to. <laughs> I, here's here's the three things I want to be Ed. YouTube sensation. Yeah. Vine star, okay, and now Tumblr stud. I I think another thing I saw on Facebook one time was somebody had like a picture at like some event. They're like, "Here, I'm with I'm with this Vine star." Yeah, Vine star. Like just, and it was just some dude. Yeah, dude who looked who looked like uh, like Gallagher. Yeah, he, he was he was a Vine star. I heard I heard an interview with some uh, YouTube sensation on a podcast. And he's like millions of followers and all – he makes all this money doing these hilarious YouTube videos. And the guy was the least interesting. He was the most boring guest, the least funny person I've ever heard. I was like, well, this is it? This is what passes for see, entertainment? Uh, yeah, I'm not saying I have no idea who this guy is. But I could see YouTube sensation because like it, you know, we're moving in that direction sure. where YouTube channels and there are things. But Vine Star, I mean Vine those Star. things are six seconds long. Like how – I mean, how entertaining can it be? I've I've seen I've seen a fair share. I tried a couple like when it first came out, and it's like, 
No, this is just it's six seconds. Like, how, how can somebody be a star? Yours were pretty funny. I have to admit, though, that once you stopped making your Vine videos, I do, I don't have that app. I deleted that app. I I, de- I deleted the app yeah. like immediately. I'm not a Viner. Okay, next story, Ed, Washington Post. Oof. Do you drink a glass of wine with dinner every night? That puts you, if so, that puts you in the top 30% of American adults in terms of per capita alcohol consumption. If you drink two glasses, that would put you in the top 20%. Now, I feel like people are kind of freaking out here because that's probably pretty regular behavior for a lot of people. Right. I don't, I, wine keeps me up at night. So I don't, I don't ever drink it. I rarely drink wine. I like wine. I enjoy wine. But if I have any, I have it on the weekend because it wakes me up in the middle of the night. Uh, so I'm not in this group. But it's, I wouldn't think it was crazy if someone drank two glasses of wine every night. I think that's pretty normal. Um, but that pro- it's probably freaking people out that, oh, oh my god, I'm in the top 20% of drinkers because they, they don't assume that they drink that much. It gets better. Have no fear. Yeah, no. you're fine. But in order to break into the top 10%, of American drinkers, you would need to drink more than two bottles of wine with every dinner. <laughs> and you'd still be below average among those top 10 percenters. Here's a kicker, Ed. Here's the good part. The top 10% of American drinkers, 24 million adults over age 18, consume on average... 74 alcoholic drinks per week, which works out to a little more than four and a half, 750 mil bottles of Jack Daniels, 18 bottles of wine, or three 24 can cases of beer in a week. Ed, I know you fancy a pop every now and then, yeah. but do you have the capacity to ratchet up your drinking game and get in that top 10%, I need you to get up to that 74, 75 drinks per week number. Can you do it? Yeah, uh, like, so that's, you know, uh, uh, around 11 drinks a day. 11 drinks a day, Ed. Jesus. Um, you know, I was I was thinking about it because it, it did, I'm not, a, I'm not a wine guy really at all. Like, yeah. I, maybe very rarely, but my problem with wine is it, I don't know. It, I think it either fucks me up more or just gives me a headache more. Yeah. I just, I don't know, something about it. It's just not uh, totally agreeing with I me. I feel like it takes but, a lot of practice to get good at wine, and I don't have the willingness to really start drinking a lot of wine, so it, does, it doesn't work for me either. Well, I my problem with even giving wine a shot is I I love beer and I love whiskey me too. Or bourbon or scotch. Like I, I like I like that. I like some brown alcohol. Me too. Um so I just you know, that's enough for me. But Hunker. it's just you know, for me, I'm one of those on the weekend, if I'm, you know, out at a bar drinking, like I could have six. I could you know, I could have five or six drinks yeah. there and then maybe I'll have you know, a, a a bourbon or scotch here and there, and I'm sure I add up to the top twentieth percentile because you know, after you average it out, and maybe I pour myself a double, I'm in like the 11 drinks a week or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm in that range. But like, my God, I think even in college, and I was getting yes. pretty fucked yes. up. Like, I, I think in my my peak of like senior year of college, where I was just knowing that the end was near, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna try to get blackout every night. Uh, 
I don't I don't know if I hit seventy five no. drinks in a week. Well, that's that's a twelve pa- basically a twelve pack every single night. <laughs> that's doing big that is work. Crazy. And this is this is people who are admitting this, right? That, that's the thing is that everybody, sh- you know, you go to the doctor and the doctor gives you that questionnaire and says, "How many drinks a week do you have?" They automatically add a percentage to that because they know everyone lies about the number of drinks they had. That means that whoever's admitting to having seventy-five drinks a week is probably having at least one hundred drinks every week. <laughs> Well, I, there is one. There is one gentleman that I am pretty sure hits that number by day three of the week, and that's the dude who turned down my beer because oh, yeah. he sits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's 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 just you know probably twenty five yards from my building every day, and he looks he looks in just a in a, a no pain zone by you know by early evening. He's a one percenter for sure. Yeah. But I, but I I had the same. But I can't imagine they're surveying that guy. No, he's he definite. Well, he doesn't have like. Where would they send the form? Like what email? <laughs> like, or, he's uh, he's they, on uh, he's on Eighth uh, Eighth Street and uh, between Adams and Grand and Hoboken. Right. Yeah. Do they do they text him? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they just maybe it's like the census where they show up. <laughs> uh, Excuse me, sir, on the stoop with the natty ice can that you haven't touched. Yeah, exactly. Can we ask you a few questions? How many of those have you had this week? Like, like he can even answer. Uh, well, I'm feeling pretty good about myself, Ed. Yeah, because I'm I'm come nowhere near. I'll, I'll be honest. I had four this weekend, and also I'm getting old, which is kind of sad. I went to the uh, like if I'm going to drink, I need to really, really commit to it. And if I have to wake up early in the morning, it's like a non-starter. So I went to the Charger game this weekend. Okay. I had two beers, two IPAs in the parking lot, and then inside the game they have uh, they have a few stands that sell craft beer, craft on draft. I had two IPAs inside the game. I had four beers. Came home. I went to bed at nine thirty. I woke up the next morning. I felt. I get up early, go to work. I felt like complete, absolute hell the next morning. I had four beers. Man, that's like that's a shame because that's a pretty that's a pretty uh, that's tame low low yeah tame drinking for a, for a football game. Yeah, I was with my kid. You know, I wasn't it wasn't I wasn't a go hard day. I certainly had the capacity to drink more, but I was like, I'm going to take it mellow. Four beers. I don't want to be hungover. I don't want to feel like shit. I felt like complete shit. I didn't sleep well. I just felt like shit the next day. So yeah, these whoever is able to drink these 75 drinks a week like more power to them i wish i could be on their level do you think it's just college students no i mean who are these people oh no, it's full-blown alcoholics they come in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> yeah i guess yeah all right um ed you ready you want to do a uh a, a couple of how fucking old is this guys and then, then we'll do it. then we'll do our interview we'll play our interview with the great gary doberman and then Let's do it. and then we'll get to fancy sex okay ed Hold on. Let me. I have to Google these people. I will not look at their ages. These were sent to us today by. Hold on. Oh, like a real talk show host, like somebody that was worth the shit, would have all this ready. But um, I'm not one of those people. Okay. So this, these were sent to us today by, I believe, the gentleman's name is Rob 
Armstrong. And he had two great suggestions for how fucking old is this guy. The first big star where Ed is from. He's been around for 500 years. He's super old. He's super rich. He's so fucking boring. Like, if you've ever turned on this guy's radio show, you're almost like, am I on a radio station? Because the periods of dead air are so extreme, you're not even sure you've landed on a radio show. Um, And yet he keeps getting jobs. He's extremely wealthy. It's amazing to me that this is possible, but it's true. Of course, I'm talking about East Coast, New York radio icon, Don Imus. Ed, how fucking old is Don Imus? Well, I've I've known about him because he's been the punching bag. He's been Stern's guy. But the thing is, Stern hasn't really made fun of him much in the last decade because it, he's that irrelevant. Yes, like, exactly. He's still but on, he by did the way. Have, he did have one of those, I think, like copying off of Stern. He had one of those TV shows where they were showing his radio show. It was on MSNBC. Yeah, he has, and I remember. He has crazy dyed hair. He looks and he dresses like a he dresses like a cowboy. Every like day. he j- wears a giant hat yep. and a big bandana to like cover up his turkey neck. Yep. I... And he's really racist yep. and terrible. Um, I, I have to think, because when I first remember seeing him was probably like 25 years ago. Yeah. And he looked disgusting then. Yes. I'm, I'm going to say, I, I think he's got to be, I mean, he had to be 60 then. He's got to be at least 85. Yeah, I was based on your numbers. I would say he was like 70 25 right. years ago, super wrinkled, dyed hair, just looks like complete That's shit. That's true. I I've never seen a 60-year-old look like that. I yeah, I'm going to say he was probably 70. Now, 60 years old. You're looking good in your 60s. This yeah, guy yeah. He looked at least 70, super wrinkled, um just the And he he still plays dress-up. Yeah, he dresses up bless like a cowboy. Bless his little heart. So if he was 70 20 years ago, that would make him – or 25 years ago, that would make him 95 years old today. Happy 95th birthday, Don Imus. Ed, you ready? Let's do it. John Donald Don Imus Jr., born July 23rd, 1940. He's 74 Oh no! That's pretty sprightly. Like, se- like modern medicine, seventy four is not that old. Oh, and he's he he was he was like melting a good ten years yes. ago when that MSNBC show was on. Yeah, oh, seventy four no. years old. Okay, here's the next one. This guy gets this guy's been around forever, and it's hard not. He's had a few incarnations. He was a young heartthrob. He had sex with an underage girl and videotaped it before it was cool to do that. I mean, he had to, back then, think about that. Think about the gyrations you had to go through back in the 80s to have sex with somebody on video. VHS. VHS. It was a big recorder. You had to get a tripod. And meanwhile, this this guy, I mean, you got to figure, he was sexing so many women at the time that he he was looking for a little something extra to get him over the top. Sure. Got, this is young blood. Yeah, he got caught, uh, but he's still been around. He's a really solid actor. He's done a lot of good work. He's got a direct TV campaign today that or these days that he, 
um, sort of plays on his good looks. He's super handsome. He was a great Saturday Night Live host at least a couple times in the 1990s. He's actually really talented and really super handsome. Of course, I'm talking about the great Brat Packer, Rob Lowe. Ed, how fucking old is Rob Lowe? Well, it's it's weird because I watch uh, Parks and Rec that, that he was on. Yep. Yeah, he was on that last season, and he looked pretty good. Yeah. And so, but at the same time, St. Almost Fire was 30 years ago, probably. Yes. So, I mean, maybe he was really young. I'll say he was, I mean, he's playing like a recent college grad. I'll say he was like 20, 20 years old, 21, 30 years ago. How so old he's did like, he look? I mean, he looked, but he looked early 20s then, okay. I think. Uh-huh. But like... But but I, in Parks and Rec, he looks like he's 50, so I'm going to say he's early 50s, like 52. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, I, I remember St. Elmo's Fire was a turning point for me. That was a big, mm. big moment in my childhood development. My grand, This is before mm-hmm. the advent of cable television. My grandparents had something like something called On TV which people may remember, and it was a box on top of your TV, but it was just one channel. And it was it was like the earliest form of HBO, and they just played movies all the time. And that St. Elmo's Fire, that movie would be on a lot. And Demi Moore was in that movie. Yeah. Who, I might add, had the most ridiculous uh, suicide scene ever. She was, she was attempting suicide by open window. Yes, yeah, she wasn't going to jump out the window. She was attempting suicide <laughs> no, just by gen- cold. gentle breeze. She was going to gentle breeze herself to yeah, death. She was, a, she, was, she was a little strung out and a little chilly, <laughs> and they had to break down the door to get in there. Uh, yeah. But she had that smoky voice. She, Jules. Yeah, she was, like, she was up to some stuff. She was dating older guys. She was wearing yeah. a blazer with shoulder pads. Like, I was all in on Demi Moore in that movie. What were we talking about? Oh, Rob Lowe was in it as well. I, I would have guessed he was like 30 back then. Like, you know, everyone was so much older in 80s movies. I would have said he was 30 years old. I'm, I'm going to go with that. That was 1985, 29 years ago. I would That would make him 59 years old today. I'm going to say Rob Lowe is 59 years old, and he looks great. He looks like late 40s. You ready, Ed? Yeah. What do you got? Robert Hepler Rob Lowe was born March 17th, 1964. He's 50 years old. Wow. That, I mean, so I, he, but, I was going a little late. I mean, he was playing a college graduate, so yeah. I, was, I was just trying to say he was in that range, but wow. Yeah, yeah. Really, really, uh, really surprised by that. Um, but hey, Rob Lowe, 50 years old. Good for Rob Lowe. Uh, okay, Ed, I, I had a chance earlier today to interview. There's a movie coming out this weekend that's I'm, – I'm scared of horror movies, but this one looks pretty good. The commercials are super scary. Yeah, um, yeah I, it looks creepy. Yeah. It looks, looks like a good it's one. It's called Annabelle. It's going to be the horror movie of the year for sure, and it looks like it could be one of those classic ones that you pop in um, every year around Halloween to scare the shit out of yourself. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the movie Annabelle. It drops this weekend, and I had a chance to interview the screenwriter of the film, Gary Doberman. Take a listen. Here's my interview, the Baller Lifestyle podcast interview with Gary Doberman.
joining us now on the ball, on the Baller Lifestyle podcast is Hollywood screenwriter of some renown, but <laughs> probably much more renowned after this weekend. Of course, I'm talking about the great Gary Doberman. Gary, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks it's, for this is me. this is a big weekend for you. This is your is. is your your movie comes out. Annabelle comes out this weekend. Is this is this your moment? <laughs> It is. It feels like a moment. I hope it's one of many moments. Uh, but it's you know it's 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 been an, uh, you know such an amazing experience, and it's and it's great for it to finally be seen by hopefully lots and lots of people. Right. The the work itself is the reward, and all of us creative types <laughs> know that. But at, but you want them to let you do this again. And yes. you want them to want you to do this again, and you want them to want you to do this again at a number that you find palatable and makes you very happy. So, what's how many screens is the movie on, and what, what's it got to do? What's what's a win this weekend going to look like? How much money do we need to make? <laughs> uh, a lot, you right? Know, I, it's over. Like, it's getting over. It's over. Like uh, I think like three thousand screens or something. I That's mean, a lot. Yeah, you can. Uh, I think it'll be playing at your local multiplex. I can, uh, no matter where, who's listening to this, uh, in their corner of the world, I think it's safe to say it'll be playing in a theater near you. Well, if and, they, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, that means it's going to be a big movie. If they're if they're putting it out a lot of places, they're they're promoting. I know they're promoting it because it's um, the commercial keeps scaring the shit out of my kid. <laughs> So for those, yeah, 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 I tried, to, yeah, yeah, I tried to show my kid the other day, and he, uh, he wouldn't have it. Yeah, it's scary. Okay, so for people in my audience who maybe don't know, tell us about Annabelle. Tell us about the movie you wrote that's coming out this weekend. Well, the Annabelle, uh, Annabelle is a, um, you know, this all started with a movie that came out last summer, uh, 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 The Conjuring. Um, I guess two summers ago now. Right. And uh, which to me, when I saw it, was an instant horror classic. Really? Uh, it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, it's, you know, James Wan directed it. He is, uh, you know, he really is uh, a, a, a true master, uh, a true genius in this world and in action and, and just in movies. Right. And, um, and there, it, that, the Conjuring opens up with, with sort of a short. Um, a side story centering around a doll uh, called Annabelle. And uh, it was one of my favorite parts of the movie. And, uh, you know, The Conjuring is such a huge success. I got a call a few months after it opened and uh, from New Line asking if I would be into writing a movie, a feature-length movie, on just the doll. And uh, I was immediately in and, um, that's crazy. That's crazy yeah. that 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 part of the movie resonated with you, and it's almost like kismet. It's almost like too good to be true that you get a phone call going, "Hey, what do you think?" It really was because I was such a fan of the movie. I'm such a fan of James Wan, the people involved, the director John Leonetti, um, and it, you know, it's just so to be able to work with that group. Uh, it was, you know, yeah. I mean, it really, really felt like uh, too good to be true. You know, I started writing it almost. Uh, a year ago to the day um, that it will be released. So, you Crazy. know, I started to write it and then it went in production and now it's, you know, within a post and now it's coming out all within a year. So that's, it's been, th- that's it's, a whirlwind. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's been nonstop, but it's been, you know, a nonstop blast too, you know. Um, and, 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 you know, but the movie's about, you know, 
takes place in 1970. And, you know, when I was looking at the, you know, just sort of researching that time period and, and it, you know, it's a, you know, the Manson uh, murders had just occurred. Uh, you had the Vietnam War happening. You had, um, in music, the Beatles announced their breakup. You had the first, what many people believe is the first, uh, you know, heavy metal uh, album being released. So it was really this period of transition. So that was sort of the, 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 the germ of an idea, or maybe like, the, uh, you know, a young couple transitioning to becoming new parents. And also, so also the early 70s, that's sort of a golden age for the horror genre itself. So is that, that's sort of, the, the movie sort of fits in there. Oh yeah, I drew on you know I drew heavily on inspiration you know from for instance you know Rosemary's Baby was, right. was a big inspiration you know that kind of psychological horror that creeping sense of dread oh yeah um, that that they did so well back then that I think John uh, really really captured uh, in this in this movie um, and it's got you know so it's got that psychological layer uh, sort of underneath you know all the supernaturals you know scares that you you know the jump scares and all that stuff sure that you, you gotta have you, those. Yeah, 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 and this 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 movie has some just great ones, you know. Um, I mean, when you got someone like, you know, John, you know, the director John Leonetti has been James Wan's DP for uh, I think five or six movies now, and um, so James let him sort of let him helm this movie, but it was great to have James there too. Is just you know, hey, what do you think about this, or you know. Him telling us what what if you guys did this and you're like oh you know that's brilliant let's and do did, it and did you as a fan of theirs did you did it help you in the writing process to be able to sort of picture what it was going to look like as you were writing it yes because I knew it was going to look good you know because John you know he shot the hell out of out of James you know, the Conjuring right. uh, Insidious so I knew it was going to look great I knew he had this great eye. I knew, uh, you know, there was cert- there was a certain level of, you know, almost like a, I had like a safety net. I know I could go to James. I could go to, you know, the producer, you know, Walt and Dave who produced The Conjuring, Peter Safran, you know, these guys. You know, I, they, you know, it was just like sort of this open dialogue, this conversation back and forth. This wasn't me going off for weeks on end, sort of trying to come up with things and then going, you know, coming back and going, hey, what do you guys think? It's It was such a, a quick it was almost like working in television where there was such quick turnaround um, of just making sure, really honing the scares, honing the characters and all that. And, uh, and that was great, that immediacy, because, you know, in film, a lot of times, like, you'll write a script and you'll just sit there and wait for notes once you sure. turn it in for, you know, who knows how long it's going to take. I mean, for a movie to get this sort of, to have this sort of turnaround time is, is very unusual and, uh, you know, was awesome. And I think really benefited the, uh, the movie, you know, uh, the, end, the end result. Yeah. Okay. So give us a little bit more of the story. Tell, tell us what happens in Annabelle. Uh, you know, it's like a couple, you know, they begin to sort of experience, you know, terrifying supernatural occurrences, you know, centered around this doll that, uh, um, uh, is 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 given as a gift from the you know by the husband to his wife, uh, and and it all starts uh, shortly after their home is invaded by satanic cultists. Oh, nice! Yeah, how'd that sound? I got that off IMDb. I, I, love, I love it. Well, I mean, I, I you know I'm a huge pussy and I'm scared of horror movies. I will go right. see this one, um, but but bet, well, I would hope so. Yeah, but you but if you ramp up a good way to ramp up the fear and really petrify me is to bring in some satanists. <laughs> 
Well, again, man, it goes back to that time period. I mean, 1970, like, again, it was, it really felt like going just back, it felt like that was the year we started to lock our doors. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, started to sort of, uh, who are we really living next to? Who's that guy across the street? Like, we didn't know who our neighbors were and, or, and it just started to question things. And, uh, so I sort of played off that certainly in the, in the, um, the beginning part of the movie. And it was cool because you got to deal with some real world terror, uh, you know, sort of the home invasion movie, and then it moves into psychological, then it gets into supernatural. So there's really different components that you really get a little bit of everything in, in the movie. Oh, yeah. It sounds very layered. It sounds like it's going to scare <laughs> the living shit out of me. I'm such a pussy, but I'll, I'll totally go see this movie. Well, I, ho- I hope you do. Yeah. And it's great. I mean, it's just, you know, the scares build. Yeah. You know, as they go and they and there's you know they're just varied and uh, I think I think uh, it's really really effective. Uh, we had the premiere last night and it was great to watch it with a you know out in the wild as it were you know with with a crowd and it got the you know it just it got the reactions that you want you know with with the scares the you know the nervous laughter the uh, the gasps you know the applause right really- Every, everything showed up in the right places yeah exactly yeah 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 so it was it, it was great that's so. good well I'm I'm for sure looking forward to it and I know a lot of people are because they're promoting the hell out of it I, the commercials are on constantly they're doing great yeah 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 and uh, so it's it's great to that's cool you know that's a, you know that's nothing I've never experienced anything like that so it's been cool to you know you get the text from you know people back home or whatever saying, Oh, Hey, I saw your, yeah. It's, it's so it's, it's, it's definitely getting out there. So, yeah. It's uh, huge. This is, this is your moment, Gary. One of many, <laughs> this is the first of many, many moments for you. I'm oh, super excited oh, for you. Oh, thank you very much. Thank and, you. Yeah. And, and I'm excited to see the movie. Uh, okay. What else, what else is, or what's next? What's, is there, is there another project on the horizon that we should, that we should be looking out for? You know, I'm doing another horror movie with new line, uh, that, that, uh, you know, is, um, I can't really talk about, but it's another horror movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. Um, I'm working on a, a, an action movie, uh, for, for universal right now. Um, and, uh, you know, starting to, you know, get into television a little bit, yeah. Bran- uh, branching out a little bit from horror. I mean, you've shown that you can do horror. You're going to try to do some other things now. I, that, yes. I, but, but I also, you know, I, you know, horror, I, I just love, and I never, I sort of never want to move fully away from that. You know, I don't, you know, you see a lot of times, man, like, you know, people will do a horror movie and they'll, you know, they'll use it as a stepping stone for the things and that's great. And, um, but they won't return to it. Yeah. And to me, it's such a great, I, you know, I just love it. And it's such a great movie going experience when it you is. do a horror movie and it works. It's just really, uh, it's just great to share with, you know, other people in the theater. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you get something about going to see a horror movie with a crowd that I don't think you get necessarily when you go to see, you know, like a drama or, or, or something like that. Well, it's, it's, it's a quintessential movie experience. Everyone can picture the, the person sitting there eating their popcorn, getting scared and the popcorn flying everywhere like that. That's what it means to go to a movie. And uh, so, yeah, I looks like you made a good one here and I hope you make a whole bunch more. Oh, well, thank you very much. I okay. appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to talk some uh, reality TV or what? <laughs> you know I do, man. Yeah. Well, uh, so, uh, I, you're, you're a big, big brother guy, which, I mean, I know you and I like you, but I, I don't get big brother. I've never watched it. I don't know anything about it. No, why? I mean, like, just why, you know, it just, it, like, it never interests you? Like, was there something specific that turns you off? Yeah, the look uh, of it. It's all in, It's all inside a house, and then they go outside, and they do – it's kind of like the challenge, but the challenge is, like, pretty people in 
pretty places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being having the shit scared out of them, and on in the the uh, Big Brother, it's like they're just inside some shitty tract house in Chatsworth, and you know if I want to watch something happen in a shitty tract house in Chatsworth, yeah, yeah. it's not going to be Big Brother. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? First of all, it's on the CBS lot in Radford, which well, is right down the street from where I live. Yeah. And I get excited about that because I like watching the show. Because you know it's happening right down the street. I know it's happening right down the street. It excites me. Like I'll hear a plane go over my house. Yeah. And then I'll watch the live feeds and I can hear that same plane later. And that's amazing for me. It's like live theater. You don't know what's going to happen. I love the challenge, but I think your comparison is off. I mean, it's uh, it's like live theater other knowledge, than the part of live theater that's entertaining. <laughs> oh, this is super. This is, I mean, there. it's like it's, uh, you know, this is like, you know, the, the politics involved, the campaigning, um, you know, just people being called out like on their just, you know, just their bullshit constantly. It's, it's, you know, it's how life really, you know, it, it should be. It's like this little pressure cooker in, inside this house. It's, well, it's uh, sort it's of, so it's, fun to watch that boil over. it's sort of like Survivor, except they're not starving to death. They're not. They get, they're very, very well fed. They're, and, uh, and do people bone there? People have intercourse? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they do. oh, dude. I mean, it's been, yeah, they've had that. Some guy, uh, he, uh, what was season was it? I want to say four or five seasons ago, built a jack shack in the backyard. No, so no, he, he did. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh just, god, that's so just... gross. <laughs> but it, but it, fantastic though. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, like that's the, the guy had some needs and right. he wanted to take care of. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I don't fault him for that. And yeah. he did. He made a private area to do that. Exactly. I think that's very. I thought that was just you know. I thought it was great. You know, nice to his other house guests that like listen. When I'm in here, don't bother me. Yeah, he should have won. He should have won, but he was he's he was that was sort of his brightest. Based based on um, masturbatory courtesy, he would have had my vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, it, yeah. It's tough. He was a very complex character. This guy, Howie, was his name, and uh, he was he was he was certainly a bully in the house. But the, you know, but for this one thing, he was he was very very gracious. Good, and, uh, good for yeah. him. <laughs> uh, did you did you want uh, that you haven't convinced me? I also happen to know because of you that they that it, it's not only a TV show, but you there's you can turn to another channel and just watch what they're doing in the house when they're not even on TV. Yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. they are on TV, but it's not the show show. No, no, no. It's the live feeds, and it's the perfect. It's like I love it because it's great. Like you know, I can write to it. It's like just great background noise. Yeah, because it's, it's boring. It's, it's like. <laughs> no, it's not, but it's like it's almost like writing and like you know, yes. you know, like when you're in Starbucks or something, you'll like eavesdrop on conversations. You'll hear it's it's just that great. I love being a fly on the wall. I love people watching, and here I get to do it from the comfort of my own home. Uh, I, I, what more could you want? I sort of I sort of get what you're saying because a lot of times if I'm home alone, I'll just flip on the TV and I'll just turn on the local news. Not because I want to know, not because the local news gives you anything except for maybe an eye candy. Weather girl, oh, right, but, right, right. but the fact that I, I know that it's that they're in a studio doing it in that moment is sort of comp- sort of keeps me company, and so yes. I guess the same thing for you. It's just the um, Big Brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just right. Big Brother. Yeah, yeah, same idea. But then I, and then you got the you know you've got the you know Joker's updates, which is you know these people go online and they sort of you know they have discussions. Uh, All right. They, hey, you know if I'm away for a couple hours, I can go on that site. 
And, uh, oh you know, it's God. like, hey, what I miss? It's you like, know, it's like Twitter, but just of – it's just purely based on the Big Brother. Yeah, yeah. And they do a time code like, you know, at like, oh hey, at 3.07 p.m., he said this to her and uh, we think they're going to vote for this person or whatever. You know, it's so – like it yeah. just – it's re- really well organized and uh, – you know, I, I get, um, I, you know, I, I have a, I, I, I enter a pool every year oh where, you know, you got to pick the top two. It's great, man. I'm telling you. Oh, it dude. sounds fascinating. And it's <laughs> not, it's not a shocking to me that someone that the kind of twisted imagination that makes his bones writing stuff that care, scares the shit out of people yeah. would, would be interested in this sort of twisted TV. Well, it's, it's just great social experiment. Again, like I am a nosy yeah. person i love god i just you know i think you have you know i'm just i just love gossip i love uh yeah. you know i'm just curious about how what makes people tick and uh you know so be able to watch that uh because you know what's so great about this show is like you know on shows like survivor or the challenge you know those cameras go off right and then you, they become a different person or, yeah. or whatever or, or you can see you know or or the editing can make a hero into a villain or a villain into a hero right so you so you don't really know you don't really know. You, you don't know who's got a jack shack. You don't like all that no, stuff's exactly, hidden. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So for a show like this, what's really interesting is you can watch, just watch the show and you're getting one story, but you know, and you're like, oh my God, I really like that guy. But you know, then they didn't show you like what I saw on the live feeds was him like having a racist, you know, uh, oh, yeah. but, you know they won't show you that. Hidden. But now, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get a whole different side of the story, yes. uh, which uh, you don't get on other uh, reality TV show. Is there is there a current season of Big Brother going right now? Uh, it just ended. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it just ended last. Did you week. watch? Did you watch Bachelor in Paradise? Uh, you know, I didn't. Uh, what? I I know, I know. It but was so thing, good. Uh, that's what I hear. It but, was uh, you so know, we, good. We watched the first episode, and I realized I didn't know any of these people because I missed the prior season of The Bachelorette. You did, and I, and I also stopped watching Pablo's season. Oh, he was uh, awful. Yeah, because he was awful. He was and, awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was not good. Do you? So, but you're so, the biggest. So yeah, you're the biggest Bachelor fan I know. I know, I know, and it, it, it pains me to say your to fandom's say that. Ta- tailed off now. It, uh, it really has. Who? It's, it's, it's like a, it's it's just like black mark on my perfect record of who's, television. Go ahead. Who's your all time favorite Bachelor? My all time favorite Bachelor. Yeah, do you have a favorite Bachelor? Uh, don't say if you, if you go Don't Firestone, <laughs> could, this could be the end of you and I. I, I got a favorite. Who's it? Who is it? Byron Velvic. The oh yeah yeah yeah. Why that that was that? that was the one year I think it was like the third or fourth Bachelor. Yeah. Where they decided to skew older and they got like a forty year old bro, Byron Velvic. He was right, a right, fucking right, right. bass fisherman, <laughs> legit, yeah, yeah. real job. Bass fisherman, and yeah. all the and he had awesome hair, and all the broads were into him. And I think he ended up marrying the chick, but then it didn't work out. <laughs> the uh, that might have been. I don't know if I've, I actually saw that one. That might be before. You know, like my first experience into Bachelor. Like when was Trista? Was mm, that she second was, season, third season? I think they did a Bachelor, and she was a f- finalist on the original Bachelor, and then yeah, she. Who was- got- that was the first bachelor. He was called like Alex Michelle or something. He had he had like some Frenchy name. Right, 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 right. Okay, okay, okay. So I think he was the first one, and then I watched Trista. Yeah, and uh, you know, and you know, one of my favorite moments of reality television is is uh, when when her now husband Ryan. Yeah. 
uh, read his poem to her. Oh, yeah, yeah. On the first, uh, the, the first uh, cocktail. Yes. Most, yes. Uh, which which was great. Not a bad poem. Not a great poem. But you know, I, I just I, this guy's a firefighter. Yes. And uh, and all well, I could think about is like this guy's gonna get so much shit when he goes home. Of course. Uh-huh. Is there such thing as a great poem? By the way, <laughs> I mean, the, uh, he could the, he could he could have channeled Bob Dylan, right? Or right, you know, right. Pablo Neruda, my personal go-to poet. Wow, there you go. And uh, you know, Robert Frost, Walt right. Whitman, um, and I, I just still feel like it would not have gone over that well. <laughs> this season of The Bachelor, um, that one of the suitors, the finalist, one of the wow. two finalists. Wrote or the Bachelorette wrote the Bachelorette a like a story like a fairy tale storybook with like pages and read it to her in just one of the most and it was not good as you can <laughs> oh, imagine. Oh wow, less surprising. He, he's like Princess Andy and Prince Nick, and he read through the whole thing several pages. It was awful. I'm sorry you missed do you, it. Do you have a? I have a tendency. I get so embarrassed for these people. I yes. will have to like turn the channel. Yes, I and cringe and look back. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's really, but I have to. I'm like, all right, I got to turn the channel, and then I'll like look back because I, I feel so embarrassed, or or I don't know what it is. Yes, but I, I, no, I, it's I embarrassment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's a very strange. You know what it is, Gary? What? It's shame. <laughs> That's shame. All right, man. I I appreciate you joining me here. I'm gonna go see your movie this weekend. Go see Annabelle, please. I am super excited. The movie is Annabelle. It is. If you cannot find it, you are a moron, or you live in a terrible place. <laughs> and uh, Gary, we'll have you on again. This was fun. I I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Well, thank you. You know, I'm a big fan. It, it, it was it was awesome to be here. So thank you. All right, I appreciate it, Gary Doberman. Everybody. All right, thank you. Uh, and that was the Baller Lifestyle podcast interview with the great Gary Doberman. I hope everybody goes out and checks out his movie this weekend. He's a great guy and funny guest, and we'll definitely have him back sometime. Ed, did you like that? I did. I'm, I'm a little disappointed, though. You did not. I see one of the co-stars is Alfre Woodard, and you didn't ask him once about what it was like you know, asking her about being in the movie Scrooged. So. <laughs> Big, oh, that's a great movie. Big failure there. How do you not ask him about the uh, Scrooge connection? That is classic. I don't know that I would have remembered that, but yes, she played Bill Murray's secretary. That's she was right. kind of like the Bob Cratchit role. That's right. She now was gonna, the Bob Cratchit role. She was, and I'll, I'll point out uh, anyone who watches it this coming Christmas season, he punches her in the jaw accidentally. When uh, he sees the Ghost of Christmas Future in the elevator, he like reacts and just punches her elbows her in the jaw, and you see Alfre Woodard really grabbing her jaw. Oh, really? So she she did some real acting there. Yeah, she got clocked. She got I'll, clocked I'll, for real. Well, next time we have Gary Doberman on, we'll have to we'll yeah. have to review yeah. Alfre Woodard. But, but besides that, you covered it pretty well. Nice nice Thanks. interview. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Okay, joining us now, as always, that's her music. It is time for the Pop Culture Report Fancy Pop that we do every week here on the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We are joined by our pop culture and bachelor, reality, TV, any kind of pop culture correspondent, Fancy Sauce. How you doing, Fancy? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, Fancy. Hi. I've had two iced coffees. Oh no! Oh no! You're bouncing off the walls. <laughs> well, let, let's get right in. Let's get right to it. We've a lot of pop culture this week. We just had our interview with Annabelle, screenwriter, 
Gary oh, cool. Doberman. What else is happening in the world of pop culture, Kate? What do we need to know about? Um, well, this isn't really a story, but the Clunes, George Clooney got married over the weekend in Venice. And I'm just going to say, I think it's romantic. I'm glad yeah. he found somebody. Could, I agree. Sure. He's super handsome. He's like, and you know, I've, I've, I just got sad watching him too. on that I did sort too. of Ferris wheel of dating all those like starlets that I don't know, just you, didn't seem in his league. You can only drown yourself with so many 22 year old starlet slash model slash cocktail waitresses right. before you're eventually drowning in 22 year old. Yeah. Yeah, cocktail waitress. Yeah, and there's a fine a, line between you know the guy, the aging, gracefully bachelor, that's and, right. and Dave Navarro. <laughs> oh, that's great, Ed. Yes, yeah. You don't want to go out like Larry Dallas. You want to have some dignity, and I think he he was always craving that. He's obviously a deep thinker. He's a guy that wants to do good works, and he's done a lot for the struggle of the genocide in Darfur. Mm-hmm. And he's he's a guy that is you know may have political aspirations, and you know he wanted when he was laying, when he was finished at night, <laughs> probably in the evening. Right. Maybe he's having a cigar. There's you out know, by the lake. Yeah, out by Lake Como, you can only have you can only have so much sex, and it can only last so long. And at the end, you want a partner, you want someone that you can share time with, and have similar thoughts about the world, and share your opinions, and really have be able to have a deep conversation with them. And I feel like that's like that's I know that's something that Ed has at his home in his marriage. That's something that I have in my partnership with my special lady. And I want that for George. And it seems like he's found this beautiful, accomplished, smart woman that he, that really stimulates him. And I'm I happy agree. for him. Happy for the Clunes. Yeah, good for you, Clunes. I'm glad you didn't drown in it, buddy. Yeah. All right, moving on. In celebrity meltdowns, we haven't heard much from her in the last 12 months, barely even a tweet. But just shy of one year after checking out of a rehab facility, it seemed like Amanda Bynes was doing pretty well. She was allegedly sober, taking classes at Fashion Institute's FITM campus in Orange County. Oh, it's the, local. Yeah, the discount costume wig bin hadn't been visited in uh-huh, months. Good one. Until yesterday when Bynes was arrested for driving under the influence of a controlled substance. Today, TMZ reported that the substance was the stimulant Adderall. And she may have also been smoking weed, which I think is just a speculation based on her previous predilections. Although, um, sorry, even though Bynes has prescribed the ADHD medication, she was acting impaired. A California Highway Patrol spokesman said Amanda was displaying symptoms that led us to believe she may have been under the influence of a stimulant. It possibly could have been a combination of a stimulant and other drugs. We do not know. Well, that's usually the way it works. Bynes was reportedly driving her Mercedes in the valley when she stopped for a red light in the middle of an intersection. A police officer suspected that she was under the influence of a drug after she failed a series of field sobriety tests. Well, Also, it was 4 a.m. And also, she was stopped in the middle of an intersection. Right, four a.m. middle of an intersection. I'm, like that's probable cause. Like all the red flags. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put. I, if I were a betting man, I'm gonna put money on something beyond Adderall. Yeah, I, well, I don't think she's just hyper focused yeah. to take the SATs. I think something well, here, else is going on. Here's the thing with with drugs like Adderall or with Adderall. 
you you're prescribed it because you need it. And so at first you take it and you're not on any kind of Adderall, so it makes you feel high. But then you take the prescribed amount for long enough and it makes you feel normal because it's doing its job. It's making it so you can concentrate. But the thing is, it felt better when it made you feel high and you want it to. So you start taking more. So you go, you know what? It must not be working because I don't feel high. So I'm going to take a couple more because I must need more so it'll work. And then you take so much that you can't go to sleep and you can't come down and you're driving your car at 4 a.m. So you light up a joint or you take some Xanax. Or some alcohol mm-hmm. to come down, yeah. and you know, I don't, I don't know if this is the end. Yeah, she's a little bit nuts, and she was under conservator, conservatorship. She has mental health issues, right? Which we shouldn't make light of. Her meds definitely need to be monitored, but I don't feel like this is the end of the road for Amanda Bynes. Oh. I feel like this could just be a setback. Get her some rehab. Not get her sorted out. The problem out. is she was living with her parents, and yeah. she was under conservatorship, yeah. and that just ended. She's moved out into her own place. And, you know, sources say she's, like, you know, back on the bottom now, rip. Yeah. I, know, I know who she is from, like, all the meltdown stuff. But who, like, uh-huh. what, what made her famous? Was she a Disney she, Channel chick? Or? Yeah, Disney. Yeah, and then she was on a sitcom. It might have been Nickelodeon. Yeah. Because yeah. I just, I know her for being, a, like, a train wreck, but I don't really know, like, anything. She, she was on a sitcom. I forget. A network sitcom with Jenny Garth. Uh, I forget uh, what yeah, it's I called. I remember must have she, that one. She was, on, she was on a sitcom. She was 16. Yeah. And she was dating one of her co-stars who was, like, in his late 20s. And it was, like, no big deal. Like, well, no, how come that's in... Remember when Jerry Seinfeld was going out with that Shoshana? Yeah. She was, like, 19. She was 17. 17. And he was in his 40s. Right. How right. come that's okay in Hollywood? It's so weird. It's a little weird. It well, is. best of luck to Amanda Bynes. Yeah, I hope she's okay. I hope this isn't um, another, you know, the beginning of another downward spiral for her. Yeah. If you're going to be studying in Orange County, Amanda, here's what you do. She's living in the OC, too. Yeah, you swing by. I'm in Orange County. You swing by the, the Baller Lifestyle World headquarters here. Leave us the Adderall. Leave us the weed. We'll keep an eye on it for you. Nothing bad will happen to it. Okay. Next story, Kate. Celebrities in trouble. Former Jersey Shore reality star. And I Jersey. These, this is Ed's people. <laughs> Mike, the situation Sorrentino, is facing several federal tax charges, including conspiracy to defraud, several counts of filing false tax return, and one count of failing to file taxes. Uh Sorrentino and his brother Mark are named in a seven-count indictment released Wednesday by the U.S. Attorney General's Officer. Prosecutors allege the brothers failed to pay all taxes owed on, wait for it, nearly $9 million earned from various business ventures over the last four years. Holy shit. Yeah, well, I heard that $9 million, the story I read said he made $9 million in personal appearance fees between the years 2010 and 2012. So in two years, $9 million. And in one of those years, he didn't even file a tax return. Also, conspiracy to defraud is kind of a big deal. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Ed, as these people are your people... Hang on. I, you know what? While you, you brought that up, and I remember reading that uh, barely any, maybe like one or two people from Jersey Shore were actually from Jersey. I looked up... He's from Staten Island, New York. St- That's true. Stat- I mean, it's the same difference, no, right? Oh, no. Is there a difference? Can, can, Stat- can you Staten walk Island. to a ferry right now? Can you walk outside, get in your elevator, go down your building, walk outside, walk to a ferry that will take you to Staten Island? No. 
I can walk to a ferry that takes me to Manhattan. Then, and then you got. Then go to I would Island. have to go to Staten Island. Staten Island is the rock. That is that is a place that is uh, it's it's not viewed favorably. At There's all. no. Have you ever set foot? You're you're a lifelong Jersey boy. Uh, other than the period that you spent in Maryland going to college, have you ever set foot on Staten Island? Uh, I did for a funeral of a coworker's sister or something, but I've never been there for any any positive reasons. So what you're you you're completely disowning Mike the situation Sorrentino. Have you ever been to his tanning salon? <laughs> I've I've spent most of my adult yeah. life uh, avoiding the sun. I I honestly uh, just because it would just bum me out about Jersey. I never watched a second of that show. Did you did, did you, know you ever I didn't either. did you ever run into any of them down Maybe the shore? <laughs> it, you, if there's one thing you should know about me, is the only time I go to the beach is under heavy protest. Yeah, right. yeah. that's good. Oh, that's good. Anti beach. True to form, as always. I appreciate that you, also, about you, Ed. One last note: the Sitch agreed to take anger management classes to resolve assault charges he faced following a July fifteenth fight with his brother at the family's tanning salon. Well, I don't know much about the Sitch, although he looks like he's about five feet yeah, six. He made that much money; it's crazy to me. He, yeah, I don't know who was paying money to go see the Sitch, but the guy's pretty um, fit. He's got abs he's pretty muscular like he might have lit up that brother his i feel kind of sorry for him yeah yeah hopefully uh, hopefully they get this worked out get yourself a good tax attorney go get your taxes filed i feel like this is something that can be paid for although this happened to willie nelson willie nelson owed willie nelson trusted his money to price waterhouse coopers and they fucked him over somehow right and the IRS came and said, you owe us like $20 million and he didn't have it. Right. And they said, all right, we're going to take all your shit and we're going to sell it. That's what they do. That's what they do. Repo. Everybody came to the auction. People that knew Willie. Did they buy it and and give it back to him? bought his shit. The, the, um, the Texas Longhorns coach Daryl Royal like bought Willie's ranch or his house or something, gave it back to him. Like everybody, because That's he's like gifting such money. a good awesome. dude. Everybody loves Willie Nelson so much. They came and helped him out. I I feel like this it could be the same for well that, for the city. <laughs> That's that was also what happened with uh, Porter Wagner. Um, oh, same yeah, thing. Yeah, Dolly Parton. He was in like a pinch with the with the. Oh, government. I remember that. Dolly- I, saw, I saw this on Drunk History. Oh, they, that's right. They did cover it, but yeah, yeah. she uh, she bought his whole catalog and then sold it back to him for a dollar and gave him you know gave him a lot of money and this yeah and, yeah. yeah that was uh, same thing with him. But I I wonder you know how many tanning salon people can can help out the situation. Well, maybe like um, Stucky. Or Snooky. Snooky. Yeah, it's a little, a little pumpkin. Yeah, and the one guy with the uh, the one guy that's a DJ with his hair. I o- the hair I, guy. I only know the situation. Snooky and DJ Polly. Oh. Yeah, him. Yeah. And there's. I feel like I got that wrong. There's one guy that was super short, but he was so buff he was like almost <laughs> round. 
And I don't think he was even Italian, but he like claimed to be Italian. <laughs> like that guy could he and he was real bloated from the steroids. Like that guy could buy him something. I don't know. Let's let's keep an eye on what's happening to the and poor Dina situation. From therapy. Adina from Well, I get her confused with Stucky. Yeah, you do. Snooky. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully they'll help the situation out. Kate, what else is going on in the world um, of pop culture? Yeah, Olympic gold medalist Michael Phelps, um, who we know likes to hit the bong, was pulled over in Baltimore for exceeding the speed limit. Um, and police noticed he exhibited signs of intoxication. His blood alcohol content registered at nearly two times the state's legal limit. Um, hours after being arrested for his second DUI, the former Olympic hero apologized to fans and buried his soul in a series of ashamed tweets, such as, Earlier this morning, I was arrested and charged with a DUI, excessive speeding, and crossing double lane lines, he wrote Tuesday afternoon. He's in trouble. Yeah, he's got a publicist. They're they're, they're helping him out there. Ed, you did you encounter any Michael Phelps tweets today, along with your Josh Duhamel Facebook posts? <laughs> no, but I did read about this, and fuck him. Like you, you have you, you can have one DUI where it's just a lapse in judgment, but this guy yeah. has tons of dough. There's something yes. that called that's called Uber, and it wasn't like yeah. he was. You know, just trying to get the local route home. The Fort McHenry Tunnel is in the oh, middle no. of ni- 95, true. like cutting through mm-hmm. Baltimore. And he was going. Local knowledge. And he was, but he was going, it, it, you know, it's like a, it's a tunnel. He's going, he was going like 85, 85 weaving agree, through lanes in a 45. Fuck him. Like, fuck him. I hope he spent yeah. some time in the pokey. Fuck him. Yeah. But, well, of course he won't. Fuck Michael Phelps. Maybe he should have swam home. Maybe he, get <laughs> yeah. Get it? Yeah. He's a swimmer. <laughs> Maybe he should have just yeah. got in the water, swam, take a cab or swim or something. <laughs> All right, Kate, next story. Um, in reality TV news, Tori Spelling and Dee McDermott are back filming the second season of True Tory, which I'm very, very excited about. Two words. Fuck and yes. <laughs> Cannot wait. What's... Apparently, though, Dino is miserable and he's not hiding it. A source says he's been telling friends he's bored and unhappy with his life. oh Dean, who completed a month-long stint in rehab in February, allegedly has started skipping his AA meetings. Uh-oh. Not a good sign. And the father of five allegedly is reluctant to do a second series of True Tory, even though it's already started filming. But what about Chop Canada? I don't know. I guess he's still doing that. I need to know about Chop Canada. Apparently, apparently Tori also had to take a pay cut for this season. Ooh. So now she's getting, what, like 600 That's bucks kind of bullshit. I think so, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Can you imagine the lack of premieres- dignity? To be that miserable yeah. and just signing up again for that? Yeah, I don't think he has a choice. He's got Chopped Canada. That's true. He's, he's, probably, he's obviously doing both. He is a giant man baby. He is a big man He's baby. like a big, giant, he's he probably huge. probably depends on. Yeah, and he's an, but he's an infant that like can't take care of himself, and he needs Tori to do it for him. And he's having a tantrum right now. Yeah, he's having a big tantrum. I'm really excited. The season premieres October 21st. Ed, um, I'll be giving you guys updates. Ed, are you fired up? Is is the the missus watches True Tori? Does she, she not? Watched, Did, didn't we get her? She watches it, yeah. and I remember like walking in the room and seeing it, and he he looked he looked terrible. That guy. I don't I don't know what he used to look like, but there's no way somebody signed up for a guy looking like that. No, he's he's a defeated, <laughs> defeated man, and it'll be great to watch his death spiral in the next season of True Tory. Right. Uh, anything else, Kate? Uh, yeah. Last but not least, do you guys know who Ariana Grande is? She was on SNL. 
right? Yeah. yeah, she was just on the season opener. I know who she is because she's on a show that my kids watch, and she ta- she her character talks like this. And I just assume that's how she t- spoke <laughs> in real life. And then, but then she also sings songs. But she. <laughs> So I've I've realized only now that she just does a character that talks like that. Right. She's acting. Yes. Crazy. She's becoming a big pop star. I heard she's a diva. Yeah. Well, that's what this story is about. She's continuing to get bad press for her prima donna behavior. She's also from Boca Raton. Mm, Mouth of the rat. Right. Um, So apparently after she appeared on Saturday Night Live season opener, she... um, played a small show at the Out Hotel in New York City. Before she got there, she made security clear out the entire lobby of the hotel. So even if you were a guest, you had to clear out. No one could sit in the lobby. Oh, and then she off. she came in the back anyway with an entourage of 21 people, apparently, who, who then took over a huge conference room and turned it into a dressing room. Um, so, yeah, it's previously been reported, you know, that she's a huge diva, not nice to people. Um, talk shit about her fans and, um, she's, you know, she demands photographers only take shots of her. Isn't she like 18? The best part about people like this, people like this is there's exactly one, uh, pop, maybe two if you include Beyonce, but like really Madonna's the only like pop star from a young age that had any sustainable career after like five years. You know, great point. That's a great you know, point. That's yeah. the beauty. When you hear assholes like this, you just know it's going to be really infuriating when they can't get a table anywhere. Like they're, that she'll get her comeuppance just because every single pop uh, diva has gotten theirs. That's what. That's what's funny to me. Like I always try to put myself in these people's position, and I'd be like, you know, if you have one success, I'd be like, I would save all that fucking money and just figure that I wasn't going to make any more money ever, but they all think it's going to last forever. Yeah, it lasted forever for one or two. I guess Beyonce and Madonna. That's it. That's it. Right, right. That's a great point, Ed, as always. Kate, anything else? That's it. Before I go, I just want to say that my Twitter follow of the day that made me laugh is assistant to Doug, at assistant to Ellen. It's a satire account of Doug Ellen Entourage Creator's Twitter and it's very funny. Very funny. I also so follow that account. I'm uh, I'm anti all things entourage. That and anyone that listens to the show would know that. Um, so I think we're all on the we're, same boat there. And I'm working round the clock on my sterilization laser <laughs> that will be that we will test. Patient zero will be every person that buys a ticket to the movie Entourage. I think it already came out, right? No, it's this summer. It hasn't come out yet. It'll be a year from now, next summer. I'll I'll be writing about that for the website. Yeah. I'll be reviewing that for sure. Sterilization laser. Bring your bedazzled jeans. (laughs) I'm sure the situation will go see it. Uh, Okay. That's it. Excellent job, everybody. I Great want, interview. I thank, Great interview. Yeah, I, I want to thank our guest, Annabelle screenwriter, Gary Doberman. I want G-dogs. you to go, go check out that movie this weekend. I uh, appreciate him coming on and joining us. Thanks, Gary. And I, I, I appreciate our regular contributors. Of course, I'm talking about Fancy Sauce. Thanks for having me. And co-host, non-Staten Island goer, <laughs> Ed Daly, Ed, as always, breaking it down. Appreciate you, Ed. Ed's got more nicknames than anyone I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, I wish I could come up with more. Um, so that said, 
for Fancy Sauce, for Ed Daly. I'm Brian Beckner. This has been the Baller Lifestyle Podcast from theballerlifestyle.com. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.